0: Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are here. We are in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. And we are finishing up the last week of the life and ministry of Jesus. And there's an awful lot in this chapter, so we'll just have to see how far we can get with it. But we're going to start with verse 1. This is the crucifixion week. This is we're right in the midst of it now, right in the midst of the trial and the crucifixion. And Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. So uh, let's read about that and find out who Pontius Pilate is. Chapter 15, verse 1. Very early in the morning, which means that all night long, Jesus was being interrogated by religious authorities. All night long. All night long. They arrested him. They're giving him a hard time. They're bringing false charges against him. They're trying to find him guilty. So now they have found him guilty. So they're going to bring him to Pontius Pilate. Why? Why? It says, the teachers of the law and this whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. What's the decision? Jesus is guilty. Jesus needs to die. What's he guilty of? Uh, He's guilty of considering himself God. He's uh, guilty of considering himself the son of God. They're going to get rid of him. They bound him. What did they do? Tie him up. Uh, And they led him away and handed him over to Pilate, Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate, of course, he's... uh, Ruling over the region right there. There's an awful lot of Roman soldiers in the city of Jerusalem because they never knew that there might be a riot during the Passover feast. So they bring him to Pilate, and Mark just moves through this uh, pretty quick. Some of the other Gospels give us a little more detail. But Pilate asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? This is a very serious question Are you the king of the Jews? Because in Rome, there's going to be just one king. There's just one ruler. There's just one emperor. And at this point, the emperors are starting to take so much power and amass so much power to themselves and their egos that they themselves think that they're God. So there's no rival kings. There's no rival gods. Now, you can have lesser gods, uh, but you can't have lesser king. And he asks Jesus, Are you the king? Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, "Yes, it is, just as you said." Uh, the Scripture says that Jesus doesn't raise his voice to defend himself during his trial. So, but yet he's speaking here. What's he doing? Is he defending himself? No. Pilate asks him a question. He's answering it. Yep, just as he said, "I am the King of the Jews." And so the chief priests accused him of many things, lots of things. So again, Pilate asked him, "Aren't you going to answer? Aren't you going to answer?" Do you see how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Well, now at the custom of the feast, the feast of the Passover, the custom that the Romans had, this is Roman custom. It's not a biblical custom, Roman custom. It was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. What does that mean? Well, Rome and the Jews had a really tenuous relationship, uh, very shaky and uh, always discord, always trouble. So at the Feast of the Passover, their big feast when they're all in the city of Jerusalem, what Rome had the custom of doing in order as a gesture of goodwill is they would release a prisoner, maybe a poet, a political prisoner, uh, somebody that was meaningful to them. And so they would release them as a gesture of goodwill. See, we're all on the same side. We're all good guys. We'll, we'll give you your political prisoner. We'll give you your voice. We'll give you your dissident. Take him. Well, there was a man named Barabbas. And Barabbas was imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. So there was some kind of a riot. And in this riot, to try to overthrow Rome... There were some people who died, and he's there with other insurrectionists, other people who were involved in this uprising and people dying, and he's there in prison. And the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. So they come up and, "Where's where's our prisoner that you're going to release to us this year? Where's the one you're going to give to us? Where's the dissident? Where's the voice? Where's the poet? Where's the political activist? Who are you going to give to us? Where is he? We want him. And Pilate said, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Now, this is Pilate's way of getting out of it, because Pilate sees him as innocent. And Pilate sees, you know, this is the way to get out of it. I see him as innocent. These guys brought him because they're jealous. These guys brought him out of envy. So I'll just release him as the political prisoner this year, and that'll be the end of it. wash my hands of it. Pilate said, do you want me to release the king of the Jews, Pilate asked. And he he knew out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to them. It was out of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. <clears throat> so the religious leaders go up and they say, ask for Barabbas, ask for Barabbas, because they want Jesus dead. Ask for Barabbas. What shall I do with then the one called the king of the Jews, Pilate asked. And they said, crucify him. And Pilate said, why? What crime has he committed? Now, this is interesting in that Pilate, Pontius Pilate, is going to declare that Jesus is innocent. Now Pilate's wife also, you know, the other gospel tells us, you know that she had a dream and in the dream she she saw that Jesus had done nothing and she comes and she tells her husband, don't do anything to that guy. I had a dream about him and I was troubled. He's innocent. So there's many people all the way along the way here that are saying that Jesus is innocent, but the religious authorities are lying about it, making things up and calling him guilty. Why? He said, what crime has he committed? But they shouted all the louder because the religious leaders are getting them into a frenzy. They said, crucify him, wanting to satisfy the crowd. Now, good political move, bad political move. What's going on here? He's wanting to satisfy the crowd and not his own conscience. And he's not listening to his wife. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. And he handed Jesus over to be flogged and he handed him over to be crucified. Now, this is an interesting thing that happens with Barabbas. Because there's a Christian doctrine that we call the substitutionary death, which means that the innocent one dies for the guilty. This is what happened at the Passover. You would bring an innocent lamb, and the innocent lamb would die for the guilty one. I'm guilty, so I bring a lamb, I sacrifice the the lamb, the innocent lamb, and the lamb, the innocent lamb, takes my place in payment for my sins. Well, Jesus is the only innocent one, the only innocent human being that's ever lived. Now, he's 100% human, he's 100% God. So he's completely sinless, and he dies in my place. But the first one that goes free because of the death of Jesus is Barabbas. Barabbas experiences the substitutionary death of Jesus, and that he goes free, and Jesus dies. Amazing. Well, verse 16, the soldiers led Jesus away to the palace. That is called the Praetorium. And they call together the whole company of soldiers, so all the soldiers get together. Now, there's a lot of them there. They're kind of doing riot control. They're probably bored. They're soldiers. They're not police officers. They're using them as cops, you know, during the, during the festival here. Uh, you know, it's not their thing. Um, so they call the whole company together. They put a purple robe on them, and then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on. I have a crown of thorns right here. Um, that sits there all the time. I found this crown of thorns near a garbage can uh, in the garden of Gethsemane in Israel, and uh, they were—it's old now and it would snap, but it was uh, fresh when I took it. So you can imagine that, you know, this crown of thorns that they that they put on him. Twisted it together. Twisted it together. And they began to call out, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again, they struck him on the head, and with a staff, they spit on him, and falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put on his own clothes, and then they led him out to be crucified. He's going to go out and be crucified at the place of the skull. Now, there was a certain man named from Cyrene. Verse 21, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, there's a Rufus that shows up in the scripture later, and some people think maybe that was this Rufus. He was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Why did they force him to carry the cross? Because Jesus couldn't carry it. he going through these beatings. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which is the place of the skull. I'm I'm the pastor in a church called Calvary Chapel and That word Calvary, you know, coming from the Latin calvaria, means skull. And so we're Skull Chapel. It's the place of the skull. Why the place of the skull? Because in the day outside of the city where they would crucify the prisoners, on the side of a little hill there, it looked like a skull. It looked like a human skull. Um, It's been washed away now, but you can still see that it looks like it was a, a skull there. So they brought him to the place of the skull. And they mixed and they offered wine mixed with myrrh, but he wouldn't take it. Maybe some kind of a sedative or something. Jesus wasn't going to take it. They crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see who would get what. Well, that's actually a prophecy that that would happen. It was the third hour when they crucified him. And the written notice on the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And they crucified two robbers between him, one on the left, one on the right. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and said, So... You who are going to destroy the temple in three days, and, uh, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they mocked among themselves. He saved others. Let him save himself. Let this Christ, this King of the Jews, come down from the cross that we might see and believe. Those who were crucified with him heaped insults on him. Well, it's... Um, pretty interesting. Jesus isn't going to come down from the cross. It was for this purpose that he came to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. So when we get to the end of this chapter, it has the burial. Jesus is buried. That's it. We get to it. He died. He died for our sins, substitutionary death. Jesus took our place. Jesus took my place. Um, so read read to, the, read to the rest of the chapter, um, some good stuff there. Too bad we can't cover it all, but we did pretty good with chapter 15. Next next chapter, we will look at the resurrection. Hey, Bible and Daily Life, find us where you find us. Find us at BibleAndDailyLife.com, find us on Facebook, TheBibleAndDailyLife.com, find us on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube, find us wherever podcasts are. So hey, bless you guys, love you, love doing this with you. Uh, you are blessed, Uh, peace, 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 you are loved, you are loved, you